Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Oh, we are back, baby, and we are bringing the heat still in the East. The Patriots are up today. Ooh, an interesting one. Um, so a, a team that's hot in the news right now at, at time of recording. So we're going to dive right into this these Patriots, and it is because we are on the summer heat wave. It is 32 teams in 32 days, and we're talking about every single fantasy-relevant player up until the start of the season. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, joined, of course, by Michael and Jason, the only twins that bring you the fantasy goodness that you can't get anywhere else. But before we get into those two goodnesses, guys, <laughs> we want to tell you, please download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And it's free for a limited time. On the app, you get Fantasy Player Cards, which is a fancier, way cooler, more interactive uh, player profile type of thing. Player Comps. Podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat you need. We save the best for last. Every stat you need, including exclusive stats that are only available through Brodo, like true throw value, true target value, true performance value. Three stats that have been tested over the last four years and have come out sparkly clean. We have used them in all of our projections, and it's, it's been remarkable. Rushing yards over expected, and, and so many more. Free for a limited time, the app is because of our patrons at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. And we've been getting some new patrons. We appreciate your support. Come join the bandwagon, please. The more support, the better we can make the app, the more time we can put into the app. And it's all because of, and, and these podcasts, and the website, and all of the things that Broto brings you. We can do that because of the patrons. Join now to support the show and the app, but also to join the community on Discord, to play in leagues with us, to get an extra podcast per week, including the waiver podcast during the season, private team consultations, free giveaways. Something I forgot to mention that's so important now, the DFS optimizer. Are you kidding me? I've been trying. I'm, I haven't been mentioning the DFS optimizer. I gotta get it. In. What an idiot. Um, as always, Brodo Hub is the BrotoFantasy.com where you can find everything. But before we dive into Bill Belichick and what to expect, how have you guys let me get away with not saying the DFS optimizer for the patrons this long? Because I'm just mean, waiting for you to call yourself an idiot so that I could agree. Yeah, we you expect are an idiot. the worst out of you, Tim. So when we it, our expectation when our expectations come true, well, what are we supposed to do? You know? I know, I know, you're being uh, you're like that was that was funny, colder than but mine. Damn, was, that one kind of like stung a little bit. Um, let, like let's it. dive right in, um, though, because this is a weird team. Always the Patriots, because you never know what you're getting from the Patriots. Their offensive line is one of the top five offensive lines according to PFF. That much we know. But what we don't know is what their offense is going to look like. Their offense changes from year to year, despite the fact that it's always the same guys every year. 
offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels, and head coach Bill Belichick. This year, going into things a little bit differently. Last year, they got Cam Newton. They decided that's who they were going to go with. Cam Newton struggled as a passer last year. So what did they do? They only passed the ball 46% of the time. That is nowhere near what you saw in the previous four seasons from Bill Belichick and the, pra- and the Patriots, who ran the ball a lot still, yes, but we're well over 50, 50 to 57% in, in that sort of range. Um, I can't remember exactly the numbers, but they were over fifty, well over 50% every year. So now they hand the reins over to a new rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. And all of a sudden, this team that we've been on the train of we're avoiding everyone, all of a sudden they're more, they look more traditional. They look like there are more options. So, but at the same time, they're starting a rookie quarterback. So, Jason, let's talk about Mac Jones first. I think you're not drafting Mac Jones, obviously. But Mac Jones was the PFF all-rookie team quarterback for the preseason. So everyone gushing over Zach Wilson, apparently, according to them, Mac Jones has looked better. And to me, I've seen Mac Jones in the preseason as well. Looks good to me as well. So how are you feeling about Mac Jones, Jay? I'm feeling like everyone needs to calm the fuck down, man. Jeez, with this, they're back to the Brady offense. Whoa, who said Dude, that? Dude, this is what everyone's saying. Not me. Now that it's Mac Jones under center, they're going to be back to the Brady offense. Calm the fuck down. This is Mac Jones, the fifth quarterback. Fifth? Fourth? Fifth. The fourth. Fifth. Fourth? Fifth. Fifth quarterback drafted this year. He's a rookie, and this is a team that had eight throwing touchdowns and ten interceptions last season. So relax. Throw it out. Right? I, I disagree. Throw that out the window. I I mean, it was the offense that they ran, and there were eight touchdowns thrown. Are they going to throw more than eight touchdowns this season? Yes. But am I expecting Mac Jones to light up the world? No. Like you said, the Patriots were one of the most run-heavy teams in the league last year. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Cam Newton ran the ball. But Mac Jones is not someone who's going to run the ball. He's going to be a pocket passer. He's going to dump it down. He's going to hit his tight ends. It'll be a boring offense. Like, I don't understand what this... I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. Like, I get it. People became more attractive now that Max Jones is the quarterback, but I don't think this is this life-changing thing. And especially, like like you said, I mean, I'm talking about the quarterbacks here, so I just have to say it. You're not drafting Mac Jones. No, no the, way. The Patriots offense was so bad last year that Cam Newton had 592 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. And he was a 20th ranked quarterback. It's fucking absurd. The Patriots were 23rd in the league in points per game. And they didn't. They added some weapons, but Jonu Smith has. Jonu Smith has been good, but he's never seriously lived up to the extreme hype. Like there were times where people thought he'd be a top five tight end in the league. Nelson Aguilar has had his moments, but he's not a number one receiver. Don't get me started with Jacoby Myers. Mr. Never caught a touchdown in my life. UDFA awful measurables that everyone thinks I'm great now. And then they have their bunch of running backs. So like, I don't, I don't know if Mac Jones quarterback is going to randomly turn this team into a bunch of fantasy goodness. I prefer this for Johnny Smith. I'll get to him later. I prefer this for James white, but I don't think it changes that much. This is a rookie quarterback. He was the fifth one off the board, man. I, I disagree. 
like pretty heavily, but I understand your concept. Like everyone cool your your Jets. It's not as though Mac Jones is going to come in and beat Tom Brady. I get that. Yes. But he's going to be definitely better than Cam Newton throwing the ball. On top of that, the guy that I'm really excited about is Damian Harris. Damian Harris, first of all, had a great season last year. He was, in every sense of the word, one of the best running backs in the league. And when you're taking a guy like that, and Bill Belichick always changes his offense, but never keeps his cards close to his hand. Like He's been drafting tight ends in the early rounds. He just signed two tight ends. Like He wants to put two tight ends in the field at, at a time. And another thing that he's showing his hand on is he traded Sony Michelle. And you trade Sony Michelle because you want to get more rushing opportunities for Damian Harris because he's a much more efficient player than Sony Michelle is. He's a better running back. So you want him to touch the ball more. And yes, James White is going to get the pass passing work. I, I do not doubt that at all. I do not think that Damian Harris is going to be a rusher. But would you say that 200 rushes is definitely inside of the possibility for Damian Harris. Would you guys say that? Just yes or no here before you, because it's going somewhere. Yes. Minimum, right? Like you project 200. Well, in the last 10 years, there have been five running backs. Well, five different times where a running back got 209 rushing attempts in the Patriots offense. LeGarrette Blunt. 1,600 and, 1,161 yards and 18 touchdowns. Steven Ridley, 290 attempts, 1,263 yards and 12 touchdowns. Sony Michelle on 247 attempts, 912 yards and 7 touchdowns. Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, in only 11 games started, 229 attempts, 1,008 yards, 13 touchdowns. And then a bad season by Sony Michelle in his rookie year, 209 for 931 and 6. At 20 receptions is the high reception point. But I'm taking all of those fantasy seasons, especially where you can be getting Damian Harris right now. In the sixth round, are you kidding me? You're going to get a guy that's going to have 200 uh, rushing attempts. And the most important thing is now that Cam Newton is gone, he's the goal line back. And a goal line back in New England has always been valuable. Always. LeGarrette Blunt. He scored 18 touchdowns that year. He was a fantasy beast. He only he only rushed for four yards in attempt, not even 3.88 yards in attempt. He was a below average running back, but he got the ball often and he got the ball at the goal line. Therefore, he was awesome in fantasy. And I think it's going to be the same. And I think it's going to be a more traditional offense. You're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, and that's going to set up for the running game well. And it's going to set up a pass a play a play action passing game. That might, depending on how Mac Jones actually is, might see some success. But I think this this team starts with Damian Harris now that they have a rookie quarterback under tow. And I think that Damian Harris is a is one of my guys that I think is an absolute steal. Michael, do you agree? Not even close. You just named, if Aaron Rodgers left the Packers and Jordan Love took over, are you going to compare Aaron Jones's rushing stats to the Jordan Love-led Packers rushing stats? I, no, I, would, I don't care if LeGarrette Blunt no, scored 18 no, touchdowns no, I Tom would, Brady. I would if they had the same head coach. No, absolutely not, because that's stupid. 
That's just yeah, so that's stupid. A bad argument. Like the, the response, your rebuttal is weak. No head coach. <laughs> that's it. That's the that's the response. Head coach. The, yes, yes. The person who You're puts doing in the game what plans. Else is doing. The this person who puts in the game plans. Mac Jones is quarterback. Tobert Olfen. That little it's guy. Big. Yeah, man. Bro, what is now he? Doing? Can, he's not running a. Now oh, the he's, offense is going to be like the 2012 Pats. <sighs> Bro, he's not running a read option. They're going to turn around and hand the ball to this guy, for sure. Maybe 15, 20 times a game. No doubt. All right, now let me talk. There's no doubt about it. I'm not considering Tom Brady rushing offensive success at all because I, it's not a Tom Brady-led like, offense anymore. I don't like history. So I don't like history. Tim, this is like one of your worst arguments Bro, of all time. Bro, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about you can't base it on the Tom Brady system, but you're basing it on uh, an RPO offense they ran with a dude who can't throw. Like it's, I'm it, not no. basing it it's on It's going to be in the middle, probably. Yeah, I'm basing it on an offense that isn't top five in the league. I'm basing it on an offense that's probably going to be somewhere closer to 20th in the league, at best. Yeah, Sony Michelle is gone, okay? I'll give you that. So, Damian Harris is more than likely going to get the bulk of the carries in the backfield, especially the early down work with Ramondre Stevenson, I suppose, mixing in a bit. But last year, the Patriots had 502 rush attempts, which is good for third in the league. 137 of those went to Cam Newton. That's 365 without including Cam Newton, which would be 28th in the league. And I'm not stupid. Some of those rushing attempts are going to go to the running backs now. So if you split the difference and make it 435, that's the 15th most rush-heavy team in the league. Belichick was the ninth most run-heavy the year prior to Cam Newton being quarterback. So we're not looking at a team that's going to be top five in rushing attempts. That doesn't matter at all. We're not. That doesn't matter at all. And Harris was terrific last season in terms of rushing yards over expected. He was first in rushing over expected percentage. And he was 10th in rushing over expected per attempt. Attempt to. <laughs> he had the 32nd most carries and the 21st most rushing yards. And I think Mac Jones makes this entire team better. And now Damian Harris has the goal line appeal as well. Because last season, Cam Newton was the goal line running back. But... Damian Harris has seven career targets and five receptions. That's not okay in PPR leagues and half PPR leagues. Standard league, sure. But last season in week four, Damian Harris had 100 rushing yards, and he was the RB31 for the week in PPR leagues. 71 rushing yards in week nine, RB38. He had 121 rushing yards in week 10, and he was the RB21. That is disgusting. I'm not drafting a guy in the sixth round who could get 100 yards and possibly end outside the top 30 running backs for the week. Bro, he didn't even touch the ball in, in the offense, red zone. It was, oh my God, it was Cam. With a rookie quarterback who was the fifth rookie quarterback drafted. I don't hate Damian Harris by any means, but if you're saying to draft Damian Harris in the sixth round, I cannot get behind that at all. I think that would be a terrible pick because he is going to be the most touchdown-dependent running back in the league, maybe rivaling Josh Jacobs. But Damian Harris is going to be, did he score a touchdown? Yes, finally. Oh, he didn't score a touchdown? Damn it, I knew I shouldn't have started him this week because he got me 80 point, eight points because he ran for 80 yards, and that's it because he didn't do anything else. If you're drafting Damian Harris, you're drafting touchdowns on a team led by a rookie quarterback, who is the fifth rookie quarterback selected in the draft? Period. Do you know how many total 
touches inside the 10-yard line Damian Harris had last season? I don't know, probably like two or three or some shit. 11 total. He had 38 total. Yeah, I just said he'll likely get more goal line carries. It's not likely. He's not going to be a touchdown dependent option. Let me ask you a question. You're Bill Belichick. You've been around the league 100 years. 11 is a lot. You're on the 11's a lot inside the 10? For one running back on a team that's not going to score that much? And the amount he played. Bro, they threw eight touchdowns total last year. My point is that it was all Cam. And at the goal line, it was all Cam. This kid, this guy, guy didn't have an opportunity. Let me let me continue what I was talking about. You're Bill Belichick. You have a rookie quarterback, and you're at the two yard line. Who are you putting the balls in the hand of? Who are you putting your your trust in? Your offensive line that's supposed to be one of the better offensive lines in the league, and your running back who had already had a great year. Are you putting it in the hands of a rookie? You're putting it in the hands of your running back. You say he's touchdown dependent. He's going to get the touchdowns. Like you can almost guarantee it. Okay, so yeah, draft a running back who's probably going to be on a bottom fifteen offense because you can guarantee touchdowns. In the sixth round, you're talking about your flex player. You're talking about your third running back here. Sixth round is high, man. Bro, sixth round is a steal for this guy. You're talking about your sixth best player. Yes. In standard leagues, maybe. In half PPR leagues. Uh, I was going to say, leagues, no, your you, your stats joke. that you presented as well are a little skewed presenting PPR stats for a guy who's a rusher. Like, yeah, no shit. Half PPR would have I mean, well, looked a lot a better. Lot most leagues are, PPR leagues. Half, most leagues half are PPR, PPR looked, half now. Yeah, half PPR would have looked a lot better, I bet, in those ranks, though. I don't know about a lot. It's, it'd be better than 30. I'm 31. not going to get behind Damian Harris being drafted that high. If you get him in, like, the eighth round... Sure, but he's going to be a touchdown dependent option. Period. We uh, we disagree on this one. One one place where we disagreed in the off season, but I kind of have definitely uh, backed off my stance here, is with the tight ends. Uh, you know they're going to run two tight ends because they paid two tight ends. So with that being said, Jason, these two tight ends. You said you like Jonu Smith more. Everyone's assuming Jonu Smith. Like that's kind of been the assumption of he's going to be the main one. Because he has more uh, pass catching upside. Hey, Johnu Smith, Shree. You want me to talk about Johnu Smith, Shree? <laughs> Look, here's the thing with Johnu Smith. When he, do you guys remember the hype when the Patriots signed him? Like everyone oh, was yeah. like, "Oh shit, Johnu Smith, top five tight end, big contract, ah. big contract." And then what happened? They signed. They Henry. brought in Nelson Aguilar, who's not gonna like. All right, fine. And they signed Hunter Henry. Those are the two changes, except Hunter Henry is currently injured. And Hunter Henry has been injured before in the past. And there's no hype around Jonu Smith. And that's how I feel about Jonu Smith. I don't really understand why his ADP hasn't climbed a little bit. Mac Jones, now the quarterback, someone who is going to look rookie quarterbacks throw to their tight ends. I don't have the stats. I Honestly, maybe I'll call Cass after this and be like, yo. Get some stats to prove that rookie quarterbacks are the tight ends because they do rookie yeah. and bad quarterbacks. And Mac Jones is probably going to be a mix of both a rookie, bad quarterback. So what's going to happen? He's going to throw to his tight ends a lot, whether it's John or Hunter Henry. But Hunter Henry is currently injured. And last year he saw 93 targets was fifth in true target value. But he ended 12th in points per game. He put up 66, 13 and four when Herbert was lighting the world on fire. So Hunter Henry is overrated. And Jonu Smith is likely going to be 
based on both skill level and the fact that he's had a preseason that he has been playing as the number one tight end for the Patriots. He saw five targets per game last year, fourth in true target value because Ryan Tannehill is just a stud and ended in 10th in points per game. So he was a little bit better than Hunter Henry in converting his targets into points. And I, right now, Jonu Smith can be had outside of the top 12 tight ends. And if you're just like guessing at that point, because that's really what it is right now, a lot of guesses at the end of the, like after five tight ends, really, maybe six if you include Kyle Pitts there. But Kyle Pitts is a guess. He's a rookie. So if you're guessing at tight end, if you don't trust Tunyon or Fant, I, I don't mind taking Jonu Smith. I think he's going to have a good season. I'm higher on Jonu Smith now that Mac Jones is the, the quarterback. I, but there is something that makes me nervous. You say that Hunter Henry being injury prone, yes, it's true, but so is so is Jonah Smith. They're both been they've both been pretty injury prone in their young careers. And also, you say he's overrated, but you know, that's your opinion. And to me, you know how I feel about follow the money. I think the money talks. And when the money comes to the money, these guys got the exact same contracts. So I'm not sure that I could trust one of them to the point where they could be my my tight end because maybe he is the number one targeted tight end. Like, maybe Jonah Smith gets 70% of the targets, right? But you are starting him every week, and then Hunter Henry catches five touchdowns, six touchdowns, takes those away from Jonah Smith. That's going to hamstring you week to week. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be a situation where you're going to be having fun starting Jonu Smith week to week. So I'm I'm cool with drafting him and, and having him be like, all right, let's give this a shot. But if it doesn't fall, if the chips don't fall into place early and, and you see there's too much sharing going on, then I think that you should just stream. So he's a guy that I would pick in the early goings of, okay, I'm preparing to stream tight end. Who am I taking... Who am I taking a shot on? And then maybe later in the draft, I'll, I'll pick the best week one matchup. But who am I taking a shot on? That, that's how I'm thinking about it. I mean, if you're picking a tight end in the John U. Smith range, you're not picking your tight end for the year, most likely. Right, so. exactly. Exactly. So that's built yeah, in. Yeah, I, I just want to chime in to say I do agree that Mac Jones certainly makes John U. Smith more appealing. And like Jason said, I was I am a little confused that Johnny Smith isn't getting more love now with Hunter Henry dealing with injuries and Mac Jones at QB. He's not someone I was high on earlier in the offseason, but definitely growing uh, growing more towards Johnny Smith as an interesting guy to grab late in drafts if um if you need a tight end. Because like Jason said, if you're getting a tight end that late, you're likely going to need to stream anyways, but maybe John who becomes a reliable target for Mac Jones and you might as well try to find out at that point in the draft. All right. You, I'm going to say at a tight end, and you guys say who you'd rather have, Jonu Smith or this person. Jonu Smith or Dallas Goddard? Jonu. Jonu. I hate Dallas Goddard this year. Adam Troutman. Jonu. I mean, Troutman's yeah. already injured. I'm not taking a shot with him. If you want to pick him up later in the year, fine. But Kasicki. 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 All right, so that's basically where the line is drawn on the on the because then got, you got Higby, Pitts, Fant, Tanya, and Andrews. You 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 take all those guys in front of Jonu, so that's that's basically yep. where he should be. That's where he's falling, I feel like, and that's where he should be falling. Um, 
speaking of guys who are falling, these wide receivers, Jason, a couple episodes ago when we gave the uh, a little Patriots preview, you said something that stuck with me. It was like, yo, this guy Nelson Aguilar, they sign him for a big money contract. He's First of all, he's a, a very high draft pick. Like, Nelson Aguilar was a first-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. I, th- I, f- mm-hmm. I think it was, yes, yes. That he was a first-round pick. He's Out of USC. Dra- yeah, he's, he was drafted to be good. You know, we've been seeing some wide receivers come along later in their careers recently. It's been a little bit of a trend. And, you know, the league is becoming younger and younger every year, including the quarterback position. But it used to be commonplace that someone wouldn't be good for the first five years of their career. Like, that was a, a regular thing that would happen all the time. Like Not five years. But yeah. Like, they would, be, the they would be, but they would be progressing, progressing, and then they'd become, okay, these guys are, are solidified, like, all-star, Pro Bowl kind of guys. Like, that would happen. So... I think, Jason, what you were talking about where, like, they signed this guy to big money and they haven't played him in the preseason. I mean, you put two and two together here. They're going to use this guy. And, I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't have the greatest track record of using wide receivers in the best way. But if he moves him into the slot, if he moves him around, that's a Patriots receiver that has done damage in fantasy before. How are you feeling about Nelson Aguilar? I mean, you said it, man. Uh, I'm going to let Michael talk more about Aguilar because I've said my stuff on him, and that's my gist of it, that he was signed and he's going to be used. And don't get me started on Jacoby Myers. If I talk about Jacoby Myers, it's just going to be me yelling for the next 30 minutes. This fucking UDFA with less than 50th percentile measurables who has zero touchdowns in his career, and all of a sudden... Jacoby Myers, man, Jacoby Myers. If you're, oh, no, not Jacoby Myers. Draft Nelson Aguilar if you're going to go with the Patriots wide receiver. Jason angry. (laughs) Michael, what's your thoughts? Look, like Jason said, it's Aguilar or Myers if you want a piece of this passing offense from the receiver position. History says rookie quarterbacks will have a true throw value around QB 30, um, which is not great for pass catchers, especially pass catchers of Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers' caliber. Because let's be real, they are not A1 wide receivers in this league. Nelson Aguilar had some big games last season, but was also very, very inefficient at times. He had a wide receiver 13 finish, a wide receiver 12 finish, a wide receiver 11 finish, and a wide receiver 7 finish. That's what people remember when they hear Aguilar. They They remember those flashy games. But he also has the same amount of games outside the top 75 wide receivers. Wow, that's a like large number. Yeah, like he had some big games, but he also had some absolute donut-type games. One catch, two catch, no catches. I don't want someone like that on my team on an offense that I don't expect to play well. Like in a best ball league, Nelson Aguilar is super cheap. I get it. Maybe he does have those spike weeks, but in a typical redraft league, how could you trust a guy like that? And like Jason brought up, Jacoby Myers is the new big thing, right? He was not nearly as productive as people think last year. Like, he had one huge game against the ridiculously bad Jets, and that was his only game within the top 20 wide receivers. He had other decent games, but the majority of his games were outside the top 40 receivers. He had zero touchdowns. 
which a lot of people will say, you know, that means touchdown regression. He's likely going to, um, it's likely going to score more touchdowns this season. I say, will he be a red zone threat? Will Johnny Smith score the touchdowns? Maybe Nelson Aguilar scores the touchdowns. Maybe Damian Harris rushes in 15 touchdowns. And I'm not even a big Damian Harris guy. Yeah, you can't expect Jacoby Myers to score zero touchdowns again. But can you can you uh, project more than like four or five with confidence? Because I can't. No way. Yeah. So like this is an offense that I'm not super also, interested in in terms of redraft leagues. I get the I think both of these guys will have some solid games and they're pretty cheap. In best ball, well, I mean, Jacoby Myers is up to, like, getting drafted within the top, like, 45 receivers, which I think is dumb in best ball leagues. Um, and just generally, this this isn't a pass catcher group that I'm interested in. Like, I just, what's the point of trusting these guys? Also, well, first of all, I'll, I want to correct my mistake. Nelson Aguilar did play a few snaps in the preseason, but he played the least snaps of all the wide receivers. He wasn't out there to prove that he's the number one receiver on that team. What I was also going to add is that they also signed Kendrick Bourne. And I know that that's not a like big name and someone who people got excited about, but they're paying him $5 million a year. They signed him for three years, 15 mil. Nobody's considering him. Like no one has said the name Kendrick Bourne this offseason. All the talk is about Jacoby Myers. I don't buy into, I was going to say fool's gold. Jacoby Myers is not fool's gold. Don't buy into dumbness, I'm going to call it. So it so fool's gold is what you're saying. No, because fool's, fool's gold it silver. at least looks like gold. Fools, but Myers doesn't even look like gold. This is just straight up stupid what stupidity. About, what about fool's bronze? Yeah, I'm that good with that. I'm good with fool's bronze. <laughs> uh, what about the one injury away? Who's a guy who can uh, step up if there's an injury? For me, I'm going Ramondre Stevenson. I think the has to be. Yeah, has to be Ramondre Stevenson. He. I think well, it's simple. Like if Damian Harris goes down, Ramondre Stevenson steps in. And they're saying Ramondre Stevenson looks good catching the ball. So maybe we'll actually have a three down back in oh, no New way. England if something were to happen to Damian Harris. Michael just said a curse word. Three down back. <laughs> I doubt it. I was I said maybe. Taylor will probably I was reading off fastest. I was reading off stats earlier of these guys who all got two hundred fifty carries plus I mean a two hundred carries plus in, in the offense and how many touchdowns they scored. None of them ever caught more than twenty balls. Like this is this is an offense that historically has just had a guy who catches passes and had a has a guy who uh, runs the ball in between the tackles. Uh, with that being said, we're about to run the the heat wave in between the tackles. That kind of made sense a little bit. Nope. Um, as we continue, it's it's almost over, man. The summer's almost over. You know when when Memorial Day starts. I mean Labor Day starts uh, starts coming around. You start smelling the, the the coolness in the air. It's 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 bittersweet. Jason, where could they find you? Because football season's around the corner. At Brodoff have Jason. Michael, where could they find you? Because the false air brings pigskins. At Brodoff have Mike. Thank you, fall air bringing us pigskins. You could find me as the pigskins leap onto the grass of fall weather. At t- I don't even know where I'm doing going anymore. At Brodo the FF, Tim. It's just, what I'm saying is the best part of fall is football. And don't forget, at Brodo FF, And Casanova. the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Later. And we didn't get paid for that. Later. Heat wave. <laughs>